I'm Dr. Sky, and welcome to the Dr. Sky Podcast here at KTAR News 92.3 FM as we welcome you to episode 105. Sit back and relax, ladies and gentlemen. Good things are happening in our skies. As the monsoon season, hopefully by now as you're listening to this podcast, has waned or turned itself off, as they say, they turn the heat off at this time of the year. What does that mean? It brings us cooler, clearer skies and the promise of some amazing things to see in the sky. But let's talk a little bit about some historical events as we pass Columbus Day 2022. Did you know that the Italian navigator Columbus made it to the so-called New World in a location we call Jamaica? And he, Columbus, the great navigator and almost an astronomer, he actually had the ability to navigate over the ocean using a simple compass and dead reckoning. When he got to the New World, he might not have been so welcome or may not have treated the indigenous peoples of those areas in the Caribbean with the greatest of respect. Now, that's controversial. What I'm trying to say is, he, Columbus, and his crew maybe wore out their welcome. So what he did, not very nice of him, I guess, but here's what he did. He said, I will turn the moon blood red if you don't give my crew provisions, housing, etc. How did he know that a lunar eclipse was happening? Well, he happened to have a very special book by a Portuguese navigator and an astronomer. And that particular device that he carried along with him was something called an astrolabe. An astrolabe is like this big brass wheel that had smaller wheels on top of it. And interestingly enough, Columbus knew that there was a particular total lunar eclipse about to happen. What did he say? He told the natives that if you don't provide my crew with provisions and housing, he will turn the moon blood red. What happened? The moon turned blood red, and simply Columbus got what he wanted. Maybe not the nicest way of all to do things, but indeed, the big story here is that he navigated the ocean using something called the astrolabe, and that helped him determine latitude. It was the predecessor to the modern-day sextant, and now, of course, using GPS and aircraft and ships around the world, those type of navigation technologies may seem a little primitive. But an important story, nonetheless, Your feelings pro or con about Columbus, mine, of course, is to talk about him as a navigator, primarily using astronomy and, of course, the ability to navigate and find your latitude on the Earth, compass-wise and dead reckoning. But, folks, other big things are happening. We're waiting to find out the results of the DART spacecraft. What actually did happen? Did this particular spacecraft DART when it impacted into the Diddy Moon or Diddy Most, the little 520-foot object we call a small microscopic asteroid? Did it move it out of its orbit? And all this, the purposefulness of this is to potentially move an asteroid that's coming too close to the Earth out of the way. Well, we'll have to see what happened. But a large plume of material was still seen around the area of this tiny Diddy moon, a 520-foot diameter object. And if you saw the images, it looks like a little tiny rubble pile, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. But in your skies this week, here's some very interesting things. I would suggest that you go to heavens-above.com for the latest information on visible man-made satellites. And now as we get into better weather here in Arizona, wherever you're listening to this particular Dr. Sky podcast, episode 105, why to go there? Because you'll be able to get passages of bright spacecraft like the ISS, International Space Station, the Chinese Tiangong Space Station, which we see regularly now growing in size as they continue to build it, the Hubble Space Telescope, and so many other objects. So heavens-above.com for that information. 
Also, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to talk about something other than, of course, the, the obvious. The moon itself, what a beautiful full moon that was over the weekend. We looked at that beautiful full hunter's moon, and now as we see the moon wane, we find that the moon will then move on to its last quarter phase on the 17th. It'll be at apogee, which means it's the farthest from the Earth at the time. It'll be smaller in size to your eye. Then the moon continues to wane as a crescent, moving on to a period of time as we move around to the 21st, when another great meteor shower is expected to be seen. We talk about the Orionid meteor shower, a beautiful sight, looking into the east by around 2 a.m. till sunrise as the constellation of Orion rises. You should hopefully have, well, not totally moonless skies, but the ability to see some of those shooting stars, as they're called, though they're not. This is all debris from Common Haley. The average size, maybe the size of a grain of beach sand, all the way up to maybe the size of a soda can or something half that size. The moon then moves on to its new phase. The dark of the moon, which is the last week, as we talk about from the 25th of October all the way to Halloween, the darkest of skies and hopefully the clearest. For planets, early morning risers get to see Mercury, the innermost planet. It reaches its greatest elongation, that is, farthest on the western side of the sun. Thus, you see it in the morning sky, 18 degrees or so from the sun by around this time. So if you look early in the morning into that portion of the sky as you look into the northeastern part of the sky, then move slightly over to the right to the east, the object that's fairly bright in the sky will be the planet Mercury. But for evening planets, the sky really gets good. The sky show is just amazing. We start off with Saturn, the original ring planet, looking high in the south right around sunset. And then, yes, Jupiter, by now you've been told how to find it. And if you haven't, if you're listening to the Dr. Sky podcast for the first time, that brilliant object that you see right in the east, can't miss it, is the planet Jupiter. Did you know right now, Jupiter, approximately 370 million miles away from us, so if you could jump on a laser beam, it would take you 33 minutes, even at the speed of light, just to get to Jupiter. What do you see? Looking in the telescope, for those more advanced observers, 47 seconds of arc in diameter. Remember, one minute of arc is 60 seconds, and that's a small part of an entire degree, and then we have 360 degrees, of course, in a circle. So simply, Jupiter in the telescope is fairly large, fairly bright, yeah, very bright, and you basically get to see the four Galilean satellites. And if you want to check out the location of knowing which one of those satellites you're seeing, remember Jupiter has many more, but the four Galilean satellites are easy to identify by going to shallowskyjupiter.com. You'll be impressed with that. Then, ladies and gentlemen, continuing... As you look into the northeast sky, probably just at 11 11 p.m., you'll be able to see the planet Mars getting closer to the Earth, now 68 million miles away. It takes light 6.6 minutes to get from your eyeball to Mars and back. So that's, of course, an interesting object for future travelers to Mars. It would take you now over six minutes just to say, hi, how are you? And then wait those six and a half minutes or so, almost seven minutes, and then wait for a response. Remember, Jupiter would be 33 minutes. Saturn, at 863 million miles away, takes 77 minutes by light travel. So you get to see the sky size, that is, and vast scope of the universe. So these are some of the more interesting things that you can see in our nighttime sky as we welcome and open up this beautiful viewing season. 
Check our blog at KTAR.com. Recent information talks about how to find and the Andromeda Galaxy, known as Messier 31. You'll be most impressed when you see it, because the naked eye can see it in dark skies, maybe up like in Sedona or the Grand Canyon with no moon. But even here in the city, right in America's fifth largest city, Phoenix, Arizona, you yourself can get to see that smudge of light two and a half million light years away. For events with Dr. Sky, join me in the high deserts, the beautiful The Wild Resort and Spa, where there's Saturday evening, October the 15th, right after sunset in the Grove, which is a back area, a little dark area, right on the property. And also, if you miss that, on Wednesday, the 26th of October. And finally, our Dolly Steamboat Cruise, the Dolly Dr. Sky Cruise to the Cosmos, Saturday evening, mark it on your calendar, October the 29th, sailing dockside at 5 p.m., Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we move into the darkness of Arizona's Junior Grand Canyon on Canyon Lake with our special program with the laser show, pointing out objects in the sky, praying for clear skies, and a great meal by Let's Celebrate Catering, a most memorable event. Make your reservations, gollysteamboat.com, or call them during normal business hours at area code 480-827-9144, 480-827-9144. And Dr. Sky reminds you what, and we mean it. Always remember to keep your eyes to the skies. Email me, Dr. Sky Show, D-R-S-K-Y Show, at gmail.com. And listen to our flagship show, The Dr. Sky Show, proudly and on purpose, here on KTAR News, 92.3 FM, Saturday mornings, 3 a.m. Dr. Sky reminds you once again, always remember to keep your eyes to the skies. I'm your navigator on the highway to the heavens. Clear skies and great health.